Welcome once again to the One Speed MMA podcast with capital underscore W and Flying Smitty here. That's us. Find us on, on Twitter, of course, as always. We got uh, big news on Twitter this week. We got 520 followers. Yes. Yeah. We appreciate everybody that ends up listening to this that's on it. Um, we got some good feedback from some people. We appreciate positive feedback as well. If there's things that you would like to hear from us, uh, I mean, for the most part, we're just giving our analysis and our projections and things like that. But if there's things that you'd like to see, we'd like to hear about it. Tweet at us. Um, you know where to find us already because you communicated with us on Twitter. Appreciate yeah. it. Always always a good time to, to talk MMA, MMA on MMA. Twitter. Um, we got to talk a lot about this weekend's fights. Um, what did you think about the card overall? I mean, it was good. It wasn't the strongest Fox card, you know. Um, but uh, I mean, between that and Bellator, the day before, it was very. It was a very. Uh, there's a lot of finishes. There wasn't too much stuff going to decision. It wasn't as ambiguous uh, judging as <laughs> some of the previous cards. So I liked that. How did you feel about it? Um, I liked it. I. It, we tried to live cast, as you know, and that made it a little bit more difficult. I felt. Like it's a, a little bit more enjoyable when you are being able to just watch the fights rather than to, to live cast it. Um, so it it seemed, even though I, I really enjoyed it, it still seemed like it was a little bit difficult to to really get into it, especially because some of the uh, some of the fights were not. They didn't seem like they were that spectacular until we watched them, and then they ended up being a, a pretty good time. Um, so let's. Start reviewing that. What was the most memorable fight? The one that you remember right off the top of your head from this last weekend? Um, right off the top of my head, I mean, it was Bader and, and uh, Rumble. Um, Which went exactly like everyone thought it would. Yeah. Well, and that's maybe why it was the most memorable, because it's the only one that I picked right. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Big news before we get into that one. Well, obviously, we can talk about that one quickly. Um, on the last podcast, we talked about if, if Ryan Bader could get out of the first round, he'd have a chance. Um, if he could make it through the first probably minute, he might have a, a, a decent chance. Um, and of course, he decided to shoot right off the bat and <laughs> good old Rumble used his jujitsu to take his back, roll him, you know, even after Kimura de- defense got him against the, the fence and, and bashed him out. So. I mean, he had to do something, and he couldn't just sit there on his feet. You know, he maybe should have set up his his uh, takedown a little bit more. Um, and yeah, he should have gave a little bit more credit to Johnson. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that, and it's I mean, it's very easy to be an armchair analyst, right? Yeah. But yes. as everybody always says, but I I think that if maybe he would have he would have used like movement more to get away from Johnson and stuff like that wear him out a little bit and i'm not even saying like use your punches to set up the takedown but even just wearing Johnson out which takes like 35 seconds um i mean setting even get him getting him a little bit worn out so that you could set up the takedown i think would have helped well apparently he he said that his game plan originally was to stick and move and then he ended up getting into the cage and he didn't stick to his own game plan he mm-hmm. just immediately shot and so i mean I don't know what it was, either you know jitters or he they were worried about his right hand or or you know he thought his wrestling might be better. Like obviously none of us know we aren't him. We can't really you know get into his mindset and he hasn't really talked about it since, other than the fact that he said that he didn't go according to his own game plan. Well, but that seems to be the same. But everyone says well, yeah, and uh, we had some comments on Twitter about, and this was super interesting to me. And I didn't I didn't think I didn't think that he. If I would have looked it up and I was like, hey, 
if you had to put money on like the top five people that don't get hit in the UFC, say Dominic Cruz, mm-hmm. um, and probably pull out some other Leo Machida, Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva. Mm-hmm. Um, really, Chris Weidman didn't really get hit very often before this uh, Rockhold fight. Um, I would have said some names like that. I would not have said Ryan Bader. And so I was really surprised at hearing about how he is one of the uh, the UFC's top, uh, or I guess, how would you phrase that? The Avoiders. Least, the, the, the best The avoiding. least struck. Uh, the best at avoiding strikes. At the same time, it's very hard to avoid strikes from that position, though. That yeah. definitely couldn't have been in his when game plan. When someone's on your back and has you flattened out, good yeah. luck. Well, it's interesting how much he tried to hit him with his right hand, and then as soon as that left came in, he was donezo. His mm-hmm. body just went limp. And that, that was pretty nutty. Um might as well just go right down the line. Uh, Barnett Rothwell. I thought Rothwell looked like a dead body, like they had re- weekended Bernie'd him. I actually made that comment during our, our live cast that he was so white and looked so slow that it looked like he was a marionette doll that someone was posing out there in the middle of the ring. Yeah, man. Like, it, and that just overall like wasn't wasn't an exciting fight at all. Like it was, and that's those are your top five fighters. Like yeah. those are, t- I mean, except for, I mean, you could Carson probably hates say the heavyweights. Let's let's before hates. we even start this, let's and get into that. Why do you hate heavyweights? Because they're not fun to watch. And why not? And who's my favorite fighter? Cain Velasquez. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, it's not like I have a prejudice against heavyweights, but um, I mean, for the vast majority, they're not fun to watch, especially five rounders, which this one wasn't. Fair enough. But I'm just saying, te- technically. The I cannot for the life of me. Do you remember that Denver card that was all heavyweights? It was on. It was in a May. It was Austin's birthday, and it was like Roy Nelson headlined it. Oh, Worst yeah. card ever. Next week, that's mostly that's mostly heavyweights. Next week, I mean, you've got, and we'll get into this a little bit more. But um, Roy Nelson versus Rose uh, Rosholt, or however it's pronounced, Roseholt is how I always say it. Um, I believe there's another heavyweight. Yeah, I think there's two or three heavyweight fights on the next the next card, and I think they did that because they tried to wait a bit for knockouts. But those heavyweights, there's very few that actually do the heavyweight or the the stand and brawl anymore. Well, heavyweight. I, th- I think they do a lot of that stuff too because if we would have had Kane versus uh, Verdum, you need to have the, the picture start fleshing itself yeah. out for the next fight too. You have to start getting narrative for that. So I understand why they do that. Who's next? Who um, could, yeah, who could come out? So who is next? Stipe. You think st- you don't do Stipe Rothwell for a number one? No. I mean, did you? were you convinced by Rothwell? No, no way. No. Do, but do I think the same as Mark Hunt? Everyone was like, hey, Mark Hunt's beat all of these people. He deserves a title shot. And they said if he gets back JD, past JDS, he'll get a title shot. And then he didn't get past JDS. And so, I mean, it is what it is. But at the same time... If you've got a four-fight winning streak in the in the heavyweight division, which means really nothing. Actually, I think <laughs> any streak in the heavyweight division means something. And maybe that's part of it is because they hit so hard. They're such big hitters that it's so easy to lose. That's why we don't have anybody coming out as a clear contender because, yeah. I mean, they hit hard. And I understand that. Like, it's not like... But let's think about it. I mean... When you get together, when you get Mark Hunt and you get um, and you get Ben Rothwell and you get those guys that can just take a whole bunch of punches, they just tire each other out. I mean, Bigfoot Silva, a lot of those guys are going to de- are going to decision, and so it's not necessarily that they're knocking each other out. Some of those guys are so big and so tough that there's almost no chance of them actually getting knocked out, and then they just go into decisions and all kinds of different stuff. I mean, it is. 
It's it's a difficult thing to think because the top five, it is a whole bunch of knockouts. JDS, Kane, Verdum, um, Mark Hunt, most of those people are gonna get knocked or are gonna have knockouts. Ben Rothwell, I guess yeah, it is what it is. It's either a knockout or the world's worst thing in the entire world. As far as who's gonna be who I think could have actually sorry if this is kind of backtracking, we had to deal with the dog, but um I would say Stipe. And I don't. I would say as early as make the Ver, him and the Verdum because Verdum's good in what they said four weeks. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I think he's good whenever he wants to be, but I think he's taking four weeks just because, so it doesn't look as bad if he just rushes back into another fight. Mm-hmm. And like well, I, I mean, said, Kane most likely won't get another. I guess yeah, if Stipe's ready, they're probably doing four weeks for Stipe, so he doesn't just have to. He actually gets more or less a full camp. Do Kane Rothwell too? No, be well. What they're? Oh, I guess Kane Rothwell. That does make sense. No, because Kane's going to be out far longer than Verdum, but not that much longer. You know, Rothwell's coming off of a fight. Like, and one thing I want to talk to you about on this: Did you hear that? Like, he's like hiding the technique that he used for that choke. That it wasn't a typical choke. The it was go, called the a go-go choke. Was that all? That's what all it was. Yeah. So apparently, um, he calls it the go-go choke, and there's about a million other chokes for it. But it's something that he's done for a while. Um, apparently he's used it a couple times mm-hmm. and there's only a couple people, people to teach it. And there was, and I can't remember exactly what coach it was, but they actually called him afterwards and were like, Hey, come down and, and teach our guys that <laughs> choke. Um, and so he's super proud about it. The one thing I really liked, I watched a lot of the, uh, post fight conferences and different things. And a lot of what he actually talked about was like his wife, um, and how helpful she is. And he's like a lot of fighters, wives and, and girlfriends cause a lot of issues in their lives and can actually be the downfall was, of a fighter. And he's like, she definitely helps me with everything I need. And since he already looks like he's a, a stay at home dad that works <laughs> in, in, you know, software, um, you know, it, it definitely is nice to hear someone say good things about their wife. Did you watch the, the post fight press conference too? Uh, I did. Yes. Parts I also, of it. I also appreciated what rumble said where they were like, you're going to wait for a title fight. And he's like, no, nah, man. Or they said, would you take another shot or another uh, fight? And he goes, absolutely. It's a paycheck. So, I mean, I think that's what he needs to do. I mean, make sure that there, I mean, there's no doubt that you're the next in line. Well, and Rothwell said he wanted to clear the division. He said he wanted at least, he wanted to fake, he wanted to fight Cain Velasquez so he could get redemption on he that. He could get redemption on that one. And so that he could also beat who obviously he thinks is the hardest person, you know, the most difficult person to actually fight in that division. Like, yeah, he wants a title fight and whatever, but he said he wanted to clear it. I think he's partly saying that because he knows he's not going to get the next title fight. I think he knows logically he's a smart guy. He, if he keeps saying title fight, title fight, title fight, he's not going to actually get it, and it's not worth his time. It's better for him to actually just take a, a fight, get the money, and, and get the big money fight. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I mean, if he comes up, come, if he comes out and fights Cain Velasquez, I don't even care if it's Ring Russ Cain Velasquez, and he beats him, I mean, I, I got to eat crow all day on that, mm-hmm. like because I I don't think he can, I uh, don't think he could beat Travis Brown, I don't think he could beat I think Cain Dos two Santos. People think he can two people that think he could beat Cain Velasquez, him and his wife, him, uh, his wife, and his coach, so three. I doubt his coach even thinks that. I think he keeps blowing his coach's mind. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what he's doing. We come I up with a game plan yeah. and he does it. I, <laughs> but I didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't teach him the go-go, <laughs> the go-go choke. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think. The fact is, is you beat over him. He beat, he beat Silva. He beat, I mean, Hunt, I believe he also. No, Hunt beat him wrestling, right? No, he beat Hunt wrestling. Has Hunt ever beat anybody wrestling? No. <laughs> but the thing is, I mean, 
Give him one more fight and give him a title shot. Why not? Yeah, who else are you going to put you, in a division? You don't lose anything. Put it on a... That uh, division needs to just start doing free cards. Put it on a Fox. Yeah, because, yeah. I, I mean, first off, I mean, they've kind of went away from this, which is really good. Um, but the the whole heaviest weight class is the one that headlines. Does not fly for the heavyweight division unless it's unless it's the top three. Verdum, Kane, and Dos Santos fighting each other. Overeem before could help sell a card, but nobody else in that division is a draw. Yeah, and I and I agree. Um, you can throw them on a, on a card to give it a little bit more depth, but they're definitely not a draw by any means. Headline a headline a free card all day. Yeah, they could do the same thing that the one thirty fives do. Um, you know, I mean it, but they're just not. They're not a draw for, for sure. me, anyways. And I, and I don't think I think that's why they keep putting them on free cards. So the other big fight name on on this card was Sage Northcutt. What'd you think about that fight? I thought he actually strung, strung some things together that were pretty good in the first round early. Um, and then Barbarina uh, got some confidence and realized that he wasn't quite what the UFC was billing him as. And, I, and that's why I feel like... Did you I, see his interview with Ariel Hawani? Barbarina or Northcutt? Northcutt. What did he say? Two, okay, so two things. I really like this kid, actually. Um, he went to the hospital, so he wasn't there. But, I mean, he actually... Instead of pulling a Ronda Rousey or anything else, he kind of did a Paige Van Zandt and was there. He lost. He came out. He's speaking with everybody. He's on Twitter. He didn't just disappear. Um, apparently, he had strep throat. However, two different – so there's two different things to the story. Apparently, he had strep throat. He went to the doctor two days before. They were, he was on antibiotics. Um, but secondly, there's actually a interview – not an interview, a play-by-play with a – BJJ coach that actually walks through how he got submitted and he wasn't looking for an arm triangle. What he was actually doing was pulling a type of an arm triangle, but he was also shoving his shoulder into the carotid on the one side and then pulling the arm up on the other. So it's a way to actually choke people out. It actually showed he went through the technique and was like, you know what? A lot of people didn't see his hands are, even though he's in half guard, his hands are connected on the other side and the shoulder that he's pushing down in, he's not trying to get position. He's literally using that position to shut off one side of his carotid and the other. And so there's well, Barbarina two- also said that um, he could submit a quite, quite a few people with it. Yeah. So it's not because that was the one thing is like, dude, he just did that from half. Like. <laughs> Uh, and the thing that they were saying is he, they had it for about eight seconds and then they went to the other side for two seconds. So he had, he had that in for about 10 seconds and they take it, they say it's about an average of from eight to 10 seconds for someone to tap or to potentially even lose consciousness if something's deep enough. Sage Northcutt has come out. It would have been interesting if he would have waited and instead of saying he was sick, let the BJJ coaches and people come out and actually say, no, this is how he was submitted. Yeah. Not. No. I couldn't breathe out of my mouth. Nobody likes to hear excuses. No, like you're not winning fans being like, "Hey, I had strep throat." The fans that you have, they just, hit them alive on Twitter. I know, but like the the fans that you have, they'll use it as an excuse. But you don't win any fans that way. No, I don't mean after the fight. I mean for the strep throat comment, they hit them alive. Oh, did they? Yeah. 
No, I mean, I mean, it's fine. Like, if somebody asks you, I mean, answer the question. I don't know the context in that particular scenario. If somebody was like, "Hey, you didn't look one hundred percent like we've seen you in the last fights. Something wrong?" Like, he kind of we heard he kind of jumped straight to it. In the Did interview. he? Yeah. Okay. And I was so gonna say because if they also were like saying something like, "Hey, we heard from your camp that this was happening before," or Dana said he. And you still took the fight. That actually turned out to be kind of respectable. Cause we've heard other people say, "Is this true?" And you ended up taking the fight. The hard, yeah. The hardest part about that was is Ariel Hawani invited him on, and Ariel Hawani is a, who's a class act. And the more I listen to him, the more I like him. At the end of his podcast or the end of the MMA hour, he was like, "You know what? I asked Sage these questions. He didn't just come out and say it. Like I asked him. It, you know, it, it, it just isn't one of those things that he, you know, wasn't more of an excuse." And then I watched the beginning of the interview, and he was like, hey, Ariel, I just – yeah, no, I wanted to – he asked him about the fight and everything. He's like, yeah, I just wanted to clear up some, some things. I had strep throat all week. You know, I'd been on antibiotics. I went into the doctor two days before. We were on the phone with USADA, you know, calling in and making sure everything was, you know, kosher that we were doing and that we didn't take anything that was, you know, against the rules. But – he jumped straight into it himself. Like he was like, and yes, I strep throat. Mm. It wasn't like a, Hey, were you sick? Well, what happened? Maybe. I mean, what that's, was it? I mean, if, if it comes out that he was taking other stuff, um, cause I've seen people even get like, like put under a microscope for taking different antibiotics and things oh, like yeah. that. So maybe if he's getting in front of, cause he's, he gets accused so much of doing steroids. Yeah, maybe, maybe that is what it is. Maybe it's got a whole different goal to it. I, I mean, you just don't know. I mean, as far as people crucifying him, being like, he is not the UFC's golden boy. Like, he's not the one that said that, by the way. He's kind of played it up a little bit. I like the kid. He's just a 19-year-old kid, man, that's trying to, like, he's in a young sport. There's not really a precedent for kids that young getting into it so much, especially with, with as much hype as he has. I mean, you got to give him a little bit of slack. I'm not saying I'm a fan of him or I I love him or I'm sold on him or anything like that, but, like, give him... I also don't think he's the savior of MMA. The he's not gonna shoot it into the stratosphere. Like, I mean, he's got to play it out a little bit. He's not. He's not that. One of the most interesting things about that I heard, obviously rumors passed on and passed on, um, was that he went up to Tristar originally, up with Roy McDonald and George St. Pierre, and he ended up leaving because they were training too hard for him. He didn't actually want to train as hard as they were training. He was getting a little beat up, and so he decided to leave um, because it was too much. Um, the reason I didn't necessarily believe that rumor is because now he's supposed to be heading back up to TriStar to train full-time, um, which I think is a great camp for him to be in. I mean, obviously, he's he's like the uh, – obviously, we've got Josh – not Josh Thompson. We've got Stephen Thompson on, on this weekend's card who's a karate guy. Um, had a whole bunch of stuff. He, he has some issues with his wrestling as well. But TriStar is a great place for him to be with GSP and Roy McDonald and those guys, OSP up there. Those guys have some pretty solid wrestling. And so, you know, it, it's definitely going to be a place that he'll be able to train and, and do well as long as he actually starts sparring and, and some of those things. Um, overall, how do you feel about the card? I guess the one thing that we missed was the Yuri Alcantara. Did you... I, I feel like Yuri it went Alcantara really fast. was boring, but I like that... Jamie Rivera, I believe that's his first name. I like that he won, and I like the story that he brings. He's only got one loss, and I think he's got two or three wins in the UFC. And Yuri Alcantara, who's definitely a gatekeeper, who's you know gone three rounds with Uriah Faber in the last two years, um, it's definitely it's definitely exciting to see some fresh blood. I think they need to hold him a little bit and and let him train a little bit more before they throw him in against the top three. Um, the Mendez is. Oh, he even said it himself. He wants a top ten. Yeah, I don't think top five, top ten, definitely. Um, so I like him. 
Um, his fight was a little bit boring, but I don't think that was on him. I think he did a lot of the pressing. He did get caught once, with, and then he took him down to make sure he didn't, you know, he didn't get too shaken up. But he, I think he did well. Um, biggest disappointment of the night was definitely Jake Ellenberger, Tarek Safferdine, which I don't believe you saw. I didn't. It was a pretty boring fight. Um, Ellenberger obviously relying too much on his overhand right and Tarek Safferdine just doing what it took to, to get the win. And even Tarek during his, his post fight wasn't necessarily happy with himself. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that one when, cause I, well, maybe they don't really show prelims on FS1. I don't know, but, uh, I, I'm sure it's online. It'll be on fight pass. I don't yeah, have it, it. but, um, in some other news, uh, if we're done with that card. Yeah. So, uh, do you follow any of the fighters that do Twitch? Uh, yeah. Did you see Demetrius Johnson? Did you see that? I did. <laughs> it's, even interesting. it's even more interesting because I was watching his UFC two stream the day before mm-hmm. and then I didn't watch the next one, but so, a little bit what, what happened. so, uh, if, if you're not familiar with Twitch, Twitch is a gaming service that you can watch people play video games, interact with them, and then you support their channel. If you like the content that they're putting out, um, people do a number of different things, whether they're interesting or, they're good at video games. Anyways, there's a, actually a few UFC fighters that are on it. Uh, right off the top of my head, it's Rampage and Demetrius. And Rampage is hilarious because he always gets drunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you seen any of calls people? Yes. I haven't or, seen it, but I heard about or it. Or calls Ariel. Ariel's like the funniest one. He's like, hey, man, they want me to call you. <laughs> it's so funny. And it's like 2 in the morning Ariel's for Ariel. like, oh, there must be something good. There must be some some reason he's calling me, some kind of insider information he's going to I don't me. think so because it's Rampage, you know, like, yeah. and he sees it on his caller ID. He's like, what's up, man? <laughs> he's so it's it's pretty good um but then anyways so twitch has been pretty good for him and that's i think how he's kind of kind of getting some shine lately he's also gotten into tr- some trouble though because uh just some like legal dispute of stuff that he's set on it so we'll see how that plays out if you're gonna get drunk and have people ask you questions you're gonna have a much harder time not saying things that you're not supposed to <laughs> the hard the hardest part i have to do with that is someone that obviously had had substance abuse issues in the past Getting really drunk in on a public forum is probably not the best thing. Maybe it is. Maybe that's how he gets monitored. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how. He can't leave his house, so he has to twitch. Yeah, yeah um, that's pretty funny. I'm gonna let me find it because he is getting legal troubles. But so I'll find that later. Yeah. Um, Demetrius so the Demetrius Johnson. Johnson, he's on like you said the day before he was playing UFC two and doing a beta test for it. So he's and then he gets a knock at the door. He's like, who is knocking on my door? Like the police. And then uh, it, he opens it, and the chat starts blowing up, being like, Usada, 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 Usada. And then he gets on, gets on and is like, uh, so I'm going to have to shut this stream down. Um, I've got to go give my blood and urine to Usada. They just showed up at my doorstep. And well, and then he invites him to get on the stream. Did it, was it weird? Did they sound like they were like 18, 19 years old to you? They sounded young. Yeah. They sounded young because they were like, oh my gosh, is this your Twitch channel? And he's like, yeah, man, you want to get on? Like, no, no, no. Uh, but this this is it? Yeah, they probably can't get on. But yeah, they sounded, Why couldn't, I mean, they sounded really young. They didn't sound like they were 30, 40 years old. Mm-hmm. They sounded like they were 21, 22. Well, did you hear what Connor said on how they actually do that? And I know it's different in the U.S. because it's USAD. It's the U.S., yeah. right? But um, WADA, which I think does the other ones. From what he told me, and this was part of the problem with the Jose Aldo thing, is he was saying, so when I had when I had uh, when I got drug tested, they send somebody from Ireland to me that's a representative of it to send it back, and they do the exact same thing with Jose Aldo, 
And for nationalistic countries like that, I I, I want to look into it. And if anybody knows that follows this, uh, the podcast, if you've heard of that, I would really like to know the process if they don't actually send representatives to do the testing. If they just get somebody that's the same nation, that's completely backwards for nationalistic countries they like Brazil, someone, Ireland. Do you not remember the story about Jose Aldo and how backwards it was when they tried to test him? When he dropped the piss and when they got the guy arrested? Yeah, that one, when they got the guy arrested. <laughs> I think he was Brazilian. I don't think he was from the U.S. So that's I, and they still were. No, he was from the U.S. because he had problems with his with his documentation. So that's what I'm confused about. Why Connor would say no? He didn't have problems with his documentation. One of the guys in his gym was with the police, and they took his documentation and they sent it away to make sure that everything. Really? Out. Yeah. He but didn't I thought ha- they hit him at the at the airport on the way in. No, mm. no. Nope. He had a police officer that trained in the gym with him that took all of his information and sent it away and then brought it back. Yeah, no, it's super sketch. And you know me. I'm one of those people that I believe if one person in your gym is using Anderson Silva, then there's a good chance that the rest of your gym is also using. Aldo said he would have an issue not using IVs. Like, it's it's super qu- – it, it is what it is. And I'm glad, I'm glad that the, the USADA is getting involved, and I'm glad the UFC is you know, fully backing them. And there's definitely still things that need to be cleared with how they do things and, and so on and so forth. But it's – it's definitely great for this sport. I think it's going to be a lot like baseball where there's a lot of people out there that are like, yeah, ping everybody. If they're using, then they need to get hit and then they're going to get hit. Well, the thing that I think we have, uh, we have the benefit on for MMA or the UFC, because not everybody else in the UFC, they set a precedent, but everybody else hasn't followed yet. Um, We're not bogged down by this nonsense of history. Hmm. I mean, I get it. I understand, but like the history's already tarnished. Like people have hit those home runs with steroids already, you know? I mean, it doesn't matter. Like the UFC is a completely different beast. They have the opportunity to take care of it early. Let's do it and just make sure that everybody's clean. Especially in something like a contact sport, you cannot have, in my opinion, yeah. you just can't have steroids and punching people in the head and having it be okay. Yep. Well, and one of the things they talked about as well is there's actually an article that said, hopefully um, UFC fans don't have a shortage of memory as baseball fans, because baseball fans, after about one to two years, they couldn't care less who used steroids. And when they're, when they're calling them into the, uh, the Hall of Fame, you know, they say that they should have an asterisk, ne- asterisk ne- next to their name, but no one really cares. You know, when Barry Bonds and, and Mark McGuire and those guys go into the Hall of Fame, there's going to be people that are like, they shouldn't be in there because they use steroids. But at the same time, they're going to be let in, and it's not even going to matter. And so, I mean, it is what it is, and it, it shouldn't be. But society, our society as Americans are very short-sighted. It's not what have you done, it's what have you done for me lately. And, I mean, that's proven by Kobe Bryant and Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tyson and and all of these people that have done – weird things in their career whether they're you know true or not five six years later no one cares that they've done it that they've done it i mean i mean money mayweather the only people that speak out against money what mayweather are a very few men and a lot of of females and they should more people should speak out against you know floyd mayweather i don't like to watch floyd mayweather because of his abuse ac- accusations. I don't like John Lennon because the accusations that he used to be, you know, Yoko Ono. Like, I don't like Anthony Rumble Johnson based on the fact that, you know, he's had accusations as well. There's a lot of How things can you that, just not like somebody off not, an not indictment, like them, though? But at the same time, like, 
it is what it is. And you can respect them as an athlete, as an athlete and their athletic prowess, but you don't necessarily have to respect them as a person. But I mean, for that, the other ones that you compared it to, they, they, they did it, you know, like, I mean, Anthony Johnson, he, you gotta be wary of it, but I mean, he, he was never actually like convicted of anything and, and it was we pulled talk out. About like, the, the women that fighters fight are usually pretty nuts. Uh, my, my cousin who used to fight had some really weird girlfriends for a long period of time while he was fighting actively. Like it, it does happen. Um, but, and I mean, if there's accusations, there's gotta be something more there, either that they're nuts or something else has happened. Which is a bad situation. Um, but we're talking but the, Travis Brown. We're talking Brett Rogers, who actually did it. Like, there's a lot of different things. But that's too serious of a subject. Let's keep it a little bit more lighthearted. Um, and let's talk. Well, one one thing that I was going to say is on the Demetrius Johnson thing. Oh, yeah. How good it sorry is. To di- sorry to digress. No, so no, far. no. It's fine. How <laughs> good it is for the sport. Not only – he's such a relatable guy. Like, yeah. he's just playing video games. He's and a it nerd. literally – it literally says on his Twitch page, um, I'm into video games. I've, did, I've been into them since my mom got me a Nintendo when I was young. And the only reference that he even has that he's an MMA fighter is so to set up that I want to do this full time once I'm done with this. And he doesn't even mention that he's a champion. I, I, and as far as just being on the feed apart from people getting to know him, ask him questions directly, unfiltered. I think that it is very good for the sport to see that live, like legitimately there are, there is testing that's going on. That's why I'm, I'm a big fan of like Sage Northcutt tweeting out, Hey, this is the fifth time they've tested me since my last fight. Luke, Luke, it was either Chris Weidman or Luke Rockhold also tweeted out like, Hey, you saw us here. He didn't send any Mm -hmm. pictures or anything like that, but he definitely like let people know that they were at his house. And I, and I like that. I mean, (sighs) it gives some legitimacy to the sport. You know, it's not just a blood sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just human cockfighting. Like everybody would have you believe like it is regulated. There is an art to it. It's legitimate. And these people are relatable. And that's what drew me to MMA is how relatable these guys are. And that's why I don't really like the Reebok deal. I understand why it had to happen and everything. I do. I just, I kind of like the wild, wild west of MMA in the UFC. Like you gotta, you gotta go look, look and find your own sponsor, something that maybe you, you felt strongly about whether you're an advocate of the second amendment and you went and got guns, whatever it may be. You kind of had that. I like the uniforms. I don't like the pay. I don't like the uniforms either. I I don't wait. No, I, I, I don't like the uniforms that they have. I think that they should have a selection of different colors. I don't think it should just be black and white. I just like, you know, soccer jerseys or well, soccer jerseys is only three alternatives, but there's at least three alternatives. But I mean, like football jerseys have throwbacks, you know, they, they have different games and different things like college jersey. Like, I don't think and I got in this discussion on Twitter. I don't think you should have um, dude wipes and condom depot and guns and ammo and ridiculous sponsors like that just because they're willing. I mean, granted, they were paying ten thousand dollars just to be allowed to be seen in the UFC. And then they were paying more than that to the actual fighters. I don't like the random sponsors, but I liked that they were actually – Because I thought it was silly. I thought it was silly that there were so many different sponsors all over the shorts and all over everywhere. And it's interesting now to think at all the other UFC games where you could actually put sponsors all over the shorts of the, of the fighters. And now that – you know, obviously it's changed. But 
So I mean, I like the I I like the uniforms. You're going to a job. You're doing your job. But I think that Reebok should be paying the fighters more and not paying UFC just to be a sponsor, but paying. That money should not have gone to the UFC. That money should have gone to the fighters that were using the shorts. I, I mean, I don't know. I, and like I said, I understand as far as them wanting to move to the mainstream. It worked. It looked good for Reebok at the time. It looked good for the UFC. Um, and, and this, let's let's be clear, the UFC is not. What is it? A five year contract with Reebok? It might be I'm five year, sure eighty million. This wasn't. This wasn't a deal a partnership with Reebok that they're trying to set up for the long term. No. This was a stepping stone. Reebok is a stepping stone. But and so if you were a company, would you want to be the next step? With all of the issues that they've had, would you want to be the next Reebok? Well, yeah, because it's self-inflicted on Reebok. Nike, Adidas, yeah. you're not going to have that same issue. Pumas, you're not going to have the same issues with Reebok. You won't. I guess that's true. But I mean, look at look at the pay. Look at the pay. Yeah. How much? How much did LeBron James or Kevin Durant? How much did he end up get, getting paid when uh, Under Armour came to sponsor? Um, Millions. They came over and was like twelve million more just to outbid Under Armour. You're going to get a different pay scale. Nike is going like they're not going to pay him as much as LeBron. I understand that, but I'm just saying the pay scales would be different. That's number one. No one's buying the hundred and sixty dollar fight kits. So how do you convince a Nike to come in and buy out your contract or buy out after that if no one's buying the hundred and sixty dollar fight kits? Have a tiered system. Have it like that's what soccer does. Like they have I mean, have different gear. Um I mean if first off, I don't know why people thought fight kits were gonna be bought anyways. Like why you don't? If do you it, go to the gym, do you want to look like? If you go to the gym and work out, would you like to go to the gym and have how many soccer jerseys do you have? Uh, now, Real three, but any other ones? I think I have one Liverpool one. All right, so that's the same. That honestly, to me, is the same concept. You're you're buying soccer jerseys. What's the difference between buying a fighter a fighter jersey? But a soccer jersey is eighty bucks. This is the difference. A Reebok jersey is like one hundred and sixty bucks. This is the difference. Um, where would you wear that jersey or the fight kit? Are we talking like the warm ups or the actual spandex? Oh no, we're not talking the spandex. We're talking the warm ups. We're talking their walkout shirts and stuff like that. Just that I like them. I don't. I don't like the design. I would. I remember working at a retail outlet store and seeing the, the walkout shirts for BJ Penn and seeing the walkout shirts for Vitor Belfort with the big old lion and being like, some of these are really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, not the American fighter and not the, not the affliction out. and the tap out. I mean, and those are fine. But there were certain ones that were very basic. They, they didn't have all the, the floors and they didn't have the skulls. They were just very much basic t-shirts that no one would know if they didn't know BJ Penn or Vitor Belfort. They would have no idea what this shirt represented. And they were just really cool-looking shirts. And I remember looking at buying those. And when the fight kits first came out, I was like, I would sh- I would show my support to these fighters by wearing these fight kits. And then they were just... They weren't very good-looking at all. And the second, and the second big issue was, um, along with along with the fight kits and how they looked, the second big issue was actually the fact that they were so expensive. They're more expensive than any other jersey you can find anywhere else. And it's Reebok. couple things. Um, One, where where do you wear Real jerseys? And do you wear full kits? You never wear full kits. kits. 
But do these you are just ever? Tops. Where do you wear? Okay, where do you wear Real jerseys? I wear them a lot. Where? I wear them to work, but that's different because that's what my job allows for it. And I wear them to the game. You would wear them to the game. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you wear them to the game. Um, you're not going to wear these fight kits typically to the gym in the UFC event. Are you going to want to? All of their fight kits look the exact same. And even let's say that they don't. Yeah. Would you want to go to an event? And maybe it, maybe it's. I feel like it's different because you're all. If you're going to a Real game, you're all supporting the same team. You all wear the same jerseys. You're the same color. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a fight card. And the whole, unless it's like a hometown guy, everybody's going to be like split. There's retired. not a unity. There's not camaraderie there. And you're going to have like 10% wearing some of the same and others. And, and but and regardless, they, be, they all look the same anyways. And they might not be fighting on that card because yeah, it's, it's a different just, fighter. It's not a good model. It's not. That's I mean, solid, I never thought about it like that. That's actually a solid way to think about it. Where, as opposed to, I like BJ Penn. I like the Hayabusa gear that he has mm-hmm. come out, but I do not like the Randy Couture. This guy does like the Randy Couture. It's you get to represent that fighter directly. You're not representing Reebok a different way that they want to represent that fighter. Yeah. So, and for me, the the Reeboks have always been shitty. Yeah. And it's a bad idea. And like I said, I understand why they're doing it. It's it's a stepping stone. It's moving into the next tier. Nike would be different. They're about customizing. You're gonna you you're making. Well, I've got a. I, so why did they wait for Fox and sign so quick with Reebok? So when they were like TV deals, they're like, all right, cool. Our contract is up with Spike. We're going to wait. And everyone was like, I wonder where they're gonna go. I wonder how this is gonna work out. And they're like, we're waiting for the right deal. And then they made a deal with Fox. And Fox is one of the biggest broadcasters. CBS had a lead at XC and all of the other afflictions and all of the other failed ones were on CBS. And the UFC could have gone to ABC, Fox, CBS, whatever one they wanted. And they actually held out for Fox. So why didn't they hold out for a different sponsor? I don't know. I mean, I think that maybe they saw it as a, as a sign of legitimacy and they were seeing things moving already since the Fox deal. And um, they wanted to they wanted to get that going. How and, much how much would a soccer sponsor pay for a front logo? Life advantage Life advantage was like 120 million or less than that. No, it's not even that much. Um, so eighty so eighty million eighty million seems really inexpensive to me. Yeah, that's the thing. Do you know how much they're paying? Um, they paid Kevin Durant. Look, let's look that up. It's like I think an eight-year deal. Yeah, no. So we're talking about this real quick. So when I think about, obviously, when we talk like Chevy paying, you know, for Manchester United and those things, obviously they're going to have to pay a, a, a lot more. But at the same time, even like being on a stadium, so like changing from the Delta Center to Energy Solutions to now Vivint Home Arena. I mean, those are in the 40 to $50 million, and those are for pro basketball teams, but that's just the name, the stadium. So $80 million to outfit all of the UFC and make That's what I was blown that, away by. That, to me, is incredibly inexpensive. I would bet that Bud Light's sponsorship, just to be in the ring, is more than $80 million. Um, so Harley-Davidson, probably way more than that as well. The Durant signed... A few months remaining on his initial seven-year deal, he signed a sixty million endorsement deal. It was worth reported two hundred sixty-five to two hundred eighty-five million for one person. 
And what LeBron James with Nikes was in the billions. No, I think for his life. Contract. I think it's half a billion for a life. Yeah, but I mean, I it was half a billion just for that contract. Plus, they have to pay him for shoe. They still have to pay him for endorsements and different things like yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah, and and that, those are both on Nike. Just to be clear, yeah. and those those two are upwards to a billion, and the UFC gets eighty million. You know, it does. It seemed weird for me from the beginning, and that's why I just from the onset I don't like this. And for me. What I identified with is knowing these fighters. They get to represent themselves, and they get to have the silly sponsors. But like you, I don't know. There was there was just a different level of like I could I could these wrestlers. They were guys that I went and watched. They're you know I, I don't know. For me, it was just I identified with those guys more. It was much more interesting to have a Donald Cerrone, even though it wasn't politically correct. You got to see what kind of person he was if he's dropping the other f bomb right, <laughs> and you don't. Or even, um, what was the other one that I was just thinking of? Um, Forrest Griffin's book that you would always quote to yeah. me. You get to know him. Yep. He's a guy writing a book. More as ghostwriter, at least. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, I, Chris Lieben was talking about his book, but, and he's like, everyone's got a ghostwriter. But his personality's coming through on it, right? He's dictating yeah. it. Yeah. It, and I connected with those guys differently, and that's why, to me, the, the Reebok is a representation of them just moving into other sports, which I like to watch. They're great, but I didn't connect with it in the same way that I did previously. So how much do you think the Reebok deal had to do with Benson Henderson moving on to to Bellator? Everything. Absolutely everything. It, from Phil Davis to Benson Henderson to Matt Mitrione to Alistar Overeem, um, 100%. I think they, they factored in a large – it's not going to be everything, but it factors in largely – to all of that. So let's uh, – how, how familiar are you with the contract? Did you read any, anything about it? For Benson? That, uh-huh. He gets a – he can fight 155, 170. He gets an automatic title shot. And, and he gets – go ahead. And he gets more money up front from Bellator. UFC, he made more money if he went back and fought for the belt. If he would have got back and won the belt again, he would have made hand over fist with the UFC. So it's interesting to me. Well, maybe not hand over fist, but as Dana White put it, he would have made a lot more money with us. But the stipulation was is he would have had to have won the belt again. And well, so they're giving title fights out to really like one person right now, and they're like he's in his weight class. Like, does he? If Dana's like he's going to make hand over fist if he fights for the belt, uh, which belt? Win wins the belt. Wins. Okay, but he still has to fight for the belt. Yeah. When is he going to yeah. fight for the belt? And which one is it going to be? One seventy. Who who's he gonna get the get to fight at once? I mean, he did good at one seventy. Mm-hmm. He had one split decision and he had one submission on Thatch. Um, who, when is he gonna get that title fight? When do you want to see him fight but at Robbie Lawler? Well, he's a Frankie Edgar. The chances of him actually getting that title fight are representative of when the UFC feels like he's deserving of that title fight, which is never in that division. Yeah. So is he gonna go down to one fifty five? Where is he in that line? We've got Pettis. He just got knocked out, and he he's probably on par Melendez, with Pettis because he Alvarez. lost two. Melendez, Alvarez, um, Dos Anjos, Dos Anjos, Conor, Conor McGregor, McGregor now, who gets precedence over everybody. Mm-hmm. If he's going to make that upper echelon because he's a champion, I want to know when. Like I, I, he would need a clear game plan from the UFC saying if you win the this fight, we'll factor it in, and I guarantee you that wasn't available. They have way too many other options, especially in that weight class. It's just not happening. How big of a name do you think he is for Bellator? The biggest. Okay, more than Phil Davis? Oh, yeah. He, he's way more exciting to watch than Phil Davis. There's MMA Mayhem on Twitter who is telling me that it didn't matter because no one really – he wasn't that big of a draw, and he his last couple fights weren't that good. Who in the world makes that claim? It was very frustrating to me. 
that anyone, even though all of his fights go to decision, he's definitely one of the te- most technical fighters in the UFC, which maybe not most technical, but he's he's a draw, number one. He's And two, his fights are worth watching whether or not they go to decision or not. And, and he's a guy that is going to come out and he's going to give it his all. And he will fight. He's one of the guys that will fight at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he showed that picking up the fight with Thatch. And he was kind of getting beat with Thatch. He kind of had some sticks, but then he, he sunk in that submission. Well, because he's small at 170. He's super small. Yeah. Thatch, and Thatch is a giant at 170. Yeah. He, was, he was like six inches taller than him, right? Yeah, um, no, yeah, he was a it was a, a noticeable difference from the, the get go, and he's a different looking guy, you know. Like mm. he's flexible, but he's also powerful. He's had good narratives with other fighters. He's always been in the mix with um, Anthony Pettis. He's lost twice. He's been in with Donald Cerrone. He's got history with it. So as far as being in in the best division, he's got a narrative with probably the top five fighters that you could sell. So as far as it not being a draw on him, not being very. Uh, have very exciting fights. Strongly disagree with that. Um, I would say he's up there with one of my top five favorite fighters. He is my favorite fighter in that division. Your opinion? Something I was thinking about today. Why do you think Dana White likes wholesome fighters other than Conor McGregor? He Sage Northcutt, Paige Van Zandt. I guess Ronda Rousey's not necessarily hold so, wholesome. Uh, he, he, ben he, Henderson, but I mean, they let him go. But I mean, it seems like uh, those like... Fake John Jones. Fake John Jones. That was one of them. Yeah, the original um, John Jones. TJ Dillashaw, but I mean... They local guy, too. Um, he liked his story. And it was a feel-good story. Um, oh, my gosh. I can't believe I'm forgetting his name right now. Local. Top local guy. Come oh, here. Sean O'Connell? No, no, no. Uh, from Utah. Steven Siler. He went to our school. Ramsey. Oh, Court McGee. Yeah, Court McGee. After like the... But he wasn't... He's wholesome now, but he was gritty. That's what he that's liked. That's why I liked him to begin with. That's what he liked. Yeah. He, he liked the feel-good story of recovering from drugs, right? Like that's yeah. the wholesome aspect that he liked. Why do I think that he likes it? Because everybody else likes it. I, they don't. They, those are the people that are, that are outside crucified of MMA. the fastest. Outside the of MMA. The people coming out to, my God is the awesome God and stuff like that. They're like, only crucified when they lose, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, but I mean, why does so Dana White hangs out with freaking Timmy the Tooth or whatever his name is, and <laughs> Matt Sarah, who are two of the most foul people in the entire world. He hangs out with Mike Tyson, who's probably a pretty foul person. Yet the fighters that he they they, they get behind the fastest are like the most wholesome looking fighters. Well, think oh, about your friend. The most wholesome looking fighters. Think about it like this. Think about our friends. They're not necessarily the most wholesome. Like we're not we're not overly concerned with that, right? Yeah. Um. And then think about the fighters that you just said that you weren't really into. And most of that's with spousal abuse. I understand that. But it's it's an outside image that yeah. they just talked about this with hockey, too. Um, people don't like the fighting. People like a lot of scoring in hockey. So how did everybody like the All-Star game? They didn't like it. You know, it's people like the fighting. We like. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's also a perception of an outside of the outside perception. Mm-hmm. There's a perception of the perception that everybody likes the wholesome. Yeah. And that's kind of why I was into MMA. You get raw. You get a disagree with people. You get people. raw dogged. You get raw dogged <laughs> from behind. <laughs> um, Brian like that Brian. one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No! Yeah. It's totally raw dog. Getting raw rod. Oh, raw rod. <laughs> raw raw. But no, yeah. Uh, uh, but no, back. and the, and I the think wholesome. that there's this. I had this discussion with Derek the other day that uh, because he hates Cam Newton because Cam Newton was a uh, was a pompous jerk when he got out of college saying that he was going to, that he was going to light it up. You need the heels in sport to a certain extent, but you also, you need the Kevin Durant's or the Tim Tebow's 
and the hills, you need good versus evil. Like that's a narr- I don't under- that's the thing I don't understand why they try to build one side up for so long. Just do both. Like you have you have Chelsea Sonnen versus Anderson Silva. Just put them both on and let them go. The hardest part about human nature is interesting because you hate people until they succeed. So you can hate the heel or you can hate the good guy or whatever it is. And as soon as they become that champion, they're all of a sudden very beloved for a long, for a short period of time. Perfect is WWE, which a lot of these UFC guys watch as well. Yeah. Of you have John Cena who came in as a bad guy and then changed to a good guy and then changed to a bad guy. Like you have Triple H who did the same thing, who came in with Shawn Michaels. They're used to people flipping. That's why it doesn't matter with John Jones. Like he can go from a good guy to a bad guy back to just being a guy who's really good at his job. And the UFC kind of allows that more than anything. But I think it's because a lot of those WWE fans leak over into the, U- the UFC and they're used to that. They're used to someone being a good guy one day and then two years later being a bad guy and then a year later being back to a good guy. Um, well, and as long as they succeed, Conor McGregor, who everyone hated, and now he's a champion. Everyone's like, "Oh, Conor, he can talk." Um, Cam Newton, who I was talking. Everyone to... hated, and now he's going to win at the Super Bowl anyway. Well, and he's still like people still hate him outside of Carolina. He stole the twelfth man shirt and or flag and yeah. threw it and stuff. Like, but... but he's doing so many good things. He's going to kids' birthdays that have cancer, and he's. I, I know. Like, I like Cam Newton. Yeah, and that's the thing is it's like, and I can disassociate myself from those kind of things and just understand it for what it is. It's mm-hmm. narrative and sport. It's all it is is. It's making sports more interesting for us, and that's what's entertaining about sports. I mean, it's very nice to go and just watch the technical aspects, but what really draws the money, what really draws like fans to come out and see is a narrative. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't – I'm fine with the billing. Who cares who's fighting as long as there's a narrative and a backstory? To exactly. It. Yeah, exactly. I mean – Cam Newton is a lot more interesting because he came out and said, it's like Babe Ruth pointing where he's going to hit his home run. That's way more interesting than somebody just coming out and hitting another home run. Do you want the story of what, why this is happening, or do you want some zingers? We zingers. want some zingers! <laughs> Simpsons reference. <laughs> um, but no, and that's the thing, is I'm fine with them billing the the good guys and things like that. It's good for the sport. It's it's a good thing for little kids to look up to. If they want to become Sage Northcutt, there's a lot of people that want to grow up to be Ronda Rousey. Um, I just hate the fakeness, and I feel like T.J. Dillashaw was going this way. Um, they talked about that on on your welcome recently. Um, everybody knew with John Jones too. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, eh, how much mm-hmm. longer until this comes out? But then you have the true ones. I think like Benson Henderson. That really is like that. And I mean, it's nice the guy that goes and hugs his Korean mom and uh, ugly girlfriend. And, yeah, and praises <laughs> and praises God. Like you, you need both in sports. That's why I don't understand why people just hate these quote unquote bad guys. And it's like, you don't, you wouldn't love your, your good guys as much if they were all the good guys. Mm -hmm. You would, I mean, I don't know. These are real people. So another, another quick subject on the, uh, on, on the Bellator moves. So as far as I understand, Bellator drug testing is almost non-existent. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So once again, conversation I had on Twitter with people who know a little bit more than than I do. Um, Drug testing in Bellator is supposed to be very low. Do you think, based on that and and his relationship with Scott Coker, that Alistair Overham also signs a contract with Bellator? Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people are going to start moving. I think I... It's just, it makes more sense unless you have, if that's the true way that it works in the UFC is you're, 
because I know each contract's different. They have uh, twenty twenty guys or forty forty guys, which is you get twenty thousand a fight regardless, and then a win gets you another twenty thousand forty for forty. They have a lot of different contracts like that, and I get that. So they probably have different structures for previous champions or up and coming champions that they feel like. But if it's not, in, if that kind of contract's not in the picture for you. And you don't get your sponsorship money now, and you're not one of those fifteen to twenty-five fight guys. Yeah, you're, and and he's not. You know, he how many has he had? Probably like six in the UFC. In the, yeah, seven, like eight, that. maybe. Yeah. And he's, he's lost three of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's won two of his last ones, but he lost almost three in a row. I mean, so he's. But that was also right when Usada really kicked in. I mean, I like Alistair over him. I. <laughs> I'd like to see him fight clean, and I I would never say that in his face because he would crush my skull. <laughs> like he's he's not that good clean. Yeah, good point. But he once lost. again, it is what it is. All right, and one more fighter, Alijamain um, Sterling. You familiar with him? I'm, I'm familiar. He's caught up. Yeah, so he's he's actually got three straight wins. He's undefeated in the UFC. Uh, TKO over Hugo Viana, who's a tough Brazil season one guy. Takia uh, Takia Mizugaki and Johnny Eduardo, all three of them he beat. Two submissions, one TKO. He's also in title fight and in talks with the UFC and uh, Bellator and WSOF, uh, according to MMA latest news interview that I watched today. And he he was talking about if he doesn't get paid enough or if you get injured, you can make more as a teacher. You get forty five thousand dollars a year as a teacher in New York, and he could take summers off, and he would be better off. We saw Matt Mitrione's comment, right? Uh uh-uh. uh Where he was like, I, "I'm like, you have to understand as a fighter, like you are taking a certain amount of risk with your health, and the contract just didn't make sense to me. Um, the contract just didn't make sense to me to sign for my for more fights with the UFC, so I need to either go look elsewhere. The other thing that I have to weigh is that my degree that I got for playing football it gets less and less um, useful the longer that I am out mm-hmm. of college without without a job. So I it I might need to be that five to nine guy now, or excuse me, nine to five <laughs> long hours. He's um, probably gonna get a security job <laughs> after, so I mean it makes sense. And he was like. I, my degree is just not that beneficial. I might have to become a nine to five guy and make more money that way. It's a guaranteed check. But that's why you look at those fighters that are getting on Twitch and doing their own podcasts and doing their own marketing. I mean, that's a very brilliant way to make sure that you have something after Chelsea in, you know, uh, Brian Stan, even Brendan Schaub, like those guys are making sure they have something lined up. Um, they kind of had to figure it out after Brendan Schaub, like it kind of just started working out because he was friends with Joe Rogan, you know, but that's good. That's they're putting those out on UFC, UFC on Fox, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's basically a Fox announcer without being a Fox announcer. And some of those get pretty foul and UFC on Fox is still putting them out with the fighter and the kid. Uh, huh. Brian Callen's hilarious, as you can remember from yeah, last from week. You probably hear more. I think it's hilarious. So let's talk the next card that's coming up. I'm going to read you fights. You tell me who wins. Okay. We'll do the top one, two, three, four, five of them. You ready? Go. Josh Berkman, KJ Nunes. <laughs> Strike force fight. I'm going to go with Nunes. And how's he win it? <clears throat> KO second. Yeah, I, I feel like it's got to be KO. Berkman's a Utah guy, though, so I, know, I hope he wins. I know, and he's he the people's warrior. He hasn't looked good since since <laughs> WSFO days. Um, he has one fight, I think he won in the UFC, and that's he's, he's gritty, man. He is gritty. He won his last one, right? Yeah, yeah. I got to go with KJ. And it, he, he, he looked like he was losing. All right, 
Joseph Benavidez versus Zach Makovsky. Benavidez. That's a pretty easy one. Yeah, that's... OSP versus Rafael Cavalcante. Um, 12 and 6, Rafael. 18 and 7. I thought OSP had a better record. He's lost seven fights. Yeah, I mean, that's that could have come before the UFC, right? Because yeah. he did a lot before. Um, His reach is 80 and uh, Cavalcante's is zero. <laughs> Looks like they need to update their numbers. Yeah, because well, they both don't have legs either. Per this, um, OSP is pretty rough. Yeah, I, I feel like he's got the better losses. The OSP other, definitely has the better losses. Cavalcante's won. Do you know how many fights by TKO per this? Uh, uh-uh. one hundred percent of his fights. So tw- he's 12, 12 fights is, in. He's won. How's all OS- by knockout? Yeah. How's OSP lost? He lost to Ryan Bader by decision. Most of his fights that he lost are by, de- by decision. I think he might. Let's, let's mm. click on it right here. He's got one, one loss by KO and one by submission, five by decision. So if he's going to lose. I'm gonna, he got, I'm gonna he say got that... choked out by Glovio Deshera. Oh, he got knocked out by both Hua and Patrick. Uh, no, wait. Sorry. He knocked out Hua and he knocked out Patrick Cummins. He lost to Musasi by decision. And then the KO loss came back in TCC days, top combat. Um, so the last, his last loss, other than Ryan Bader, was to Glovio Teixeira. And the only reason he lost to Ryan Bader is because Ryan ba- Bader ended up wrestling him the entire time. I, I go OSP on that one. It looks like Cavalcante. I mean, obviously, he can put people to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, going to go OSP on that one. So your favorite one of the night, Roy Nelson versus uh, Jared Rush, Rush Holt or Rose Holt, as I always call him, which is not the correct name, pronunciation of his Rush name. Rush Holt. He's got America inside. Uh, I hate yeah. heavyweight fights, man. I always pick heavyweights wrong. Well, I hate to tell you, Roy Nelson is not going to get knocked out. I don't know, man. Like, you can't take that kind of damage forever. You can't. You can't uh, he has. He but you can't forever. Has. You cannot. I got Roy Nelson by knockout. Nah. Or he taps him out because his, his BJJ is better. But he doesn't ever do it. He doesn't ever do it. He, did he it doesn't even pretend. Ultimate Fighter, he did. Yep. How long ago was that? Forever. Yeah. But, that, but yeah. he did it when he... I understand that he's high level. <laughs> I get it. But he doesn't use it. So who wins? I'm going to go with the other guy. I'm going right, go so to go Jared. He's got America inside. He's got. I, I saw his short. last fight and I didn't love it. Um, I mean, he won, but like, I don't know. He's going to come in with a game plan and just just play slow against Nelson. And I just feel like he's going to he's going to go points. I mean, and he's, he's coming get in decision. off of three wins over. I mean, he beat Stefan Struve, but that's the only name he's got on his on his uh, on his list there. And of course, the main title or the not the main the main card. Or the main fight of the night, Johnny Hendricks versus Stephen Thompson. Hendricks has a new um, nutrients coach, and he's been trying to stick to like a better game plan, get keeping keeping his weight down early so cuts aren't as bad for him, staying healthy. I don't know if he loses strength. But I, I Did mean, you see the pictures on social media of him? Mm-mm. He looks small and he looks ripped. Does he? Mm-hmm. I, I did not, but I saw just his plan. Um, he's working with who's the nutrients guy that everybody loves? Dolce. Dolce. He's working with Dolce. Um, I, I feel like this is kind of going to be a kind of springboard him into his next title run. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna pull this one out. How does he win? Knockout. 
I don't think he's going to knock Stephen Thompson out. He's. A, I think he's going to wrestle him, and I think he's going to win by decision. If he if he steps to the wrong side of of Stephen Thompson, Stephen Thompson's only got one loss, and I guarantee you that's by decision to a wrestler. Let's look at it. But his head kicks and his striking, GSP said he's one of the best strikers that he has ever seen. His only loss was to Matt Brown by decision. He hasn't fought a hold the who's who or the gauntlet, but I mean, he beat Patrick Cote, Jake Ellenberger, Robert Whitaker, who was undefeated at the time. I mean, he's only lost to Matt Brown, who's number five in the division. So if he can stay off of his back, he can land. He's just did as Matt likely Brown to wrestle land. him? No. Yes. Actually, yes, he did. Matt Brown's, yes, he did. By decision, Matt Brown doesn't knock, Matt Brown either knocks somebody out or he's going to wrestle him. I've never seen Matt Brown wrestle. Well, I've only watch, seen him strike. Watch the highlights of this fight. He I wrestled will. Him. I will yep. do that. And that's um, the only loss he's got. And so he's got just as much of a chance to, to head kick Johnny Hendricks as Johnny Hendricks does to knock him out. I'm not saying he knocks him out necessarily standing. Hendricks wins, beats him by decision. Oh, I mean, he could take him down and ground and pound him. Good, good point. Um, and I still think that he can. I mean, Leota Machida has been knocked out too. You know, it's like... He can be knocked out. Has he yet? No. So I mean, it's it's probably not gonna it's probably not gonna happen on the feet. But um, I mean, but he was supposed to have high level jujitsu too, though. That's what they were saying. He's kind of the next. I mean, before they were billing this as he's the next the next generation of fighter where he's good on on the feet and the ground. But Josh I, Thompson? No, they apparently what they did is Stephen Thompson. Oh, Stephen. Sorry, Stephen Thompson. Apparently, what they did his entire camp was just put him on his back and make him wrestle because he's already had all the other striking. Just Brandon, don't believe in Brandon Schaub said they shut when he went in to train with them. They shut down the gym because they didn't want people to see how bad he was beating up everybody in their gym. <laughs> um. I don't believe in karate. If I've learned anything from the karate kid, you can do it with one leg. <laughs> He's going to need two. <laughs> is, there, is there any other pertinent subjects that we missed? No, we're good. We All are right. good. Well, for those listening. Paul's birthday. Happy birthday, Yeah, happy Paul. birthday, Paul. Look from the uh, Poor Sport Report. We love you. We love you lots. He also <laughs> lets us use his podcast stuff. We love him for that. Um, remember to subscribe here on iTunes as well as follow us on Twitter at one speed MMA. This is at flying Smitty and at capital W underscore 24 who needs a much easier name. I don't care if you follow me or not. Just follow one, one hit, one speed MMA, one speed I don't MMA. Care if you follow me. Remember, don't go 30%. Always go one speed.